We are Lonely PhDs. I am Dr. Jeffrey Hayes. He is Dr. Joseph Watson. Huge day today. Magnificent day today. But yes, huge, huge. It's a huge day. Uh, uh, on this show, this show here, this this little this little tadpole in the big waters of, of film podcasting, we've got John Waters. We do. And he is- He's ours. He's ours. <laughs> he is amazing. And I'm really excited for everyone to hear this episode. And the reason we have John Waters is because coming up on Friday, October the 21st, we're actually hosting at the University of Alabama Huntsville a whole night with John Waters. And I mean a whole night, people. It's going to start off at a, a 3 p.m. actually uh, at the UAH Charger Union Theater with a screening of the film Serial Mom. And then if it couldn't get any better than that, uh, at 5 p.m., it's a Q&A with John Waters, the man himself. He's coming live. to Huntsville, Joey. Live, in person. I'm, he's going to be sitting across from me. I'm going to get to ask him questions in front of an audience. Yes, I'm, I'm so excited. Are, are you going to bother him during the film? Will you be able to contain yourself? Like, I, 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 There's going to be some giddiness, right, to Serial Mom, because that's such a great movie. And everybody, uh, you know, is, is going to get exposed to that. A lot of students are going to see it for the first time. It's going to be their first John Waters film ever, right, at that experience. And so to be able to sort of guide the discussion post screening i don't know if john's going to actually be here for the screening i've heard rumors that he might sneak in uh um you know and and watch uh watch the film with us um but even if even if he's not just the chance to get to talk to him and the, the opportunity for our students to get exposed to you know to his wisdom uh and his experience uh and in, in uh in making art I just I, I just can't wait. It's such a special opportunity for um, for our students, for us, but also for our students. Um, it's great. And then he's going to be at Low Mill here. I was just Huntsville. about to get there. Like, in, in, again, not just our students, but the community, uh, the arts community of Huntsville. And also just I'll go and throw this out there of northern northern Alabama. Yes. I mean, this is a huge event, folks. So if you think that's not enough, it's 730 at the Low Mill uh, A&E first floor connector. Uh, John Waters is going to do basically his stand up act. Uh, false negative, his speaking engagement. Uh, we have no idea what, what, what's going to happen there, but uh, you got to uh, be there. It'll be a happening. And, uh, and, and Jeff, I was talking to uh, Jana and some of the low mill people yesterday. We did a radio interview here in town for WLRH, and um, we're, we're really excited about, about his coming. But one of the things that we discovered is we have people coming into this uh, driving to Huntsville from Chicago. Atlanta, yeah. uh, Nashville, um, Memphis, uh, Birmingham. We're, we're, yes, we're pulling the region in uh, for this. Uh, and so it's just another, like for, for those in our communities, you know, our immediate communities who maybe don't understand what a big deal this is. Yes. The people outside of our immediate communities realize what a big, what a big deal, deal it is. is. Yes. Uh, and so it's a telltale sign, you know, that it's a really special event. And so if people can come out and it's the biggest, it's Jeff, free. it's free. It's free. Just come. It costs it's you nothing. Just, nothing. Yeah. Um, and if that wasn't enough, at 10 p.m. at the Low Mill A&E, they're going to screen polyester in right. all of its widescreen glory and have smell-o-vision cards. Polyester as it's meant to be seen. And I got a, I got a sneak preek. A sneak peek at the uh, at the at the smell cards. Did you? Okay. And let me tell you, it's it's worth it. 
Okay, now I'm, I'm telling you right now, I need two of them. Because <laughs> I'm going to, no, I'm serious. I'm going to put them in a cat. I'm going to put them on our wall as part of our collectors, yeah. as part of our collectors' items. Um, we will put this, uh, 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 all this information in our show notes so that everyone can click on it. Also, the QR code if you just want to do a quick scan, uh, do all that and, and get caught up on it. But, oh. Well, and I, I have to say, thanks to the UAH Humanities yes. Center and the UAH, UAH Honors College for really stepping up and uh, and making this event happen without those uh, uh, without those units um, this this event doesn't happen so um, you know th- a major special thanks to them as well as the folks at Low Mill I mean it's just been a wonderful collaboration enough of us Gabin ladies and gentlemen here's our conversation with John Waters. Um, right. First of all, I just want to say thank you so much for being here. Congratulations on Liarmouth. Well, it's, it's, everybody acts like I'm starting to shoot the movie tomorrow. It is exciting. It's great news. Village Roadshow, which is a great company, they optioned my book. But that doesn't mean I'm starting to shoot tomorrow mm-hmm. with the idea of me writing and directing. I have to write a script. It has to go through <laughs> all the drafts. It has to be budgeted. It has to be cast. It has to be a lot of a lot of hoops and green lights before the first day of shooting. I promise you. But yes, it's exciting. It's a first step. Is this so? Is this with Village Roadshow? Is this going to be a theatrical release or streaming, or will that be worked out later? I, I, I don't know any of that. You know, they optioned the book. <laughs> That's what they did for me to write a screenplay and to direct it if it goes through. So how it, any of that is like, people are writing, who's in it? All these casting agents are probably, <laughs> I, I just, that's, you know, believe me, I wish it was that fast. And it is exciting because it is the first step to making a movie happen, yeah. Well, I mean, it's just, I guess everyone, we're all just very excited to see, I mean, you haven't, you know, this is the first time since 2004 when A Dirty Shame came out. So, I mean, it's, it's, well, it's, it's not the first one I've written. I've written three sequels to Hairspray that they paid me to write. One was for the musical, one was TV and one was a TV movie and they never happened. But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I have continued to write. I wrote another script that still might happen that uh, I can't talk about that's in, in some stages of development. So um, it has not been, and Criterion has continued to put out all my old movies, you know, re-release them and restore them and everything. So I'm still in the movie business, but you're right. I have not made a new movie that actually ended up being filmed. I've been paid to develop scripts that never got mm-hmm. made, yes. Which is better. It's, it's, I guess it's unemployment it's in Hollywood. But uh, you know, I guess I guess that's the it's a glamorous unemployment check. Do you do you, do you do punch ups for people or you, you take passes? No, I've never done that. No. Okay. Because they'd be afraid of how I'd punch it up. <laughs> if I ever get notes from the studios to punch it down. <laughs> Is it? I wanted to ask you too. Is it? I mean, is it still exciting for you? I know I, I, I've 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 read almost everything you've ever written. Uh, is it? Is it still exciting when you see yourself in Variety? Do you do you do you get a little twinge where? where yeah, I mean, although they didn't leak it to Variety, they they gave the exclusive to Deadline Hollywood, and you know, and that saddens me because Mike <laughs> Fleming, who is I guess the one everybody gives the exclusive to, now works for Dateline. He used to be at Variety for years. Um, I got Variety since I was 14 years old. So, um, and I got the Hollywood Reporter. I got them in the trades every day. I still get all of them. But 
Deadline Hollywood, I mean, I meant that, not Deadline. Dead, right. Deadline Hollywood seems to have gone ahead of all of them. And I believe maybe they're even, Deadline Hollywood is even owned by the same people that own Variety now. I don't know. It's confusing. Um, I missed when Variety used to do the weekly grosses of each city, uh, how they did. I, I missed that. I can still get the grosses, and I do like that and they had great headlines and they reviewed different theaters what what their kind of genre was they always played and and that that kind of thing where full page ads like russ meyer's vixen did 80 million dollars this week at the loop in san francisco i mean the loop in chicago (laughs) i i miss all that there's not that anymore my uh my partner dr joseph watson has joined us hello dr watson hey sorry you guys hey uh good to be here Dr. Watson was the name of the head of the Baltimore Zoo that made Betsy the Chimpanzee uh, a very international abstract artist in the uh, the 50s. Well, I'm honored to carry that name along. (laughs) He had a show called This Is Your Zoo. I was even on it as a child. He was a real ham bone. Was that on television? So you were on television in Baltimore as a child? Oh, yeah, I was on the Howdy Doody show, too. But I, that was nationally. That was really the big time. But, yes, I was on This Is Your Zoo, I think, with the Cub Scout troop, which I hated being a Cub Scout. <laughs> <laughs> and worse yet, my mother was a den mother, and she hated being a den mother. <laughs> how, how, long, how long did the Boy Scouts last? For you, oh, whenever I was in the Boy Scouts, I was only in the Cub Scouts. I never got to the Boy Scouts. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, yeah, yeah, I never I graduated out. either. I, I dropped out in the Cub Scout years. I was a Cub Scout dropout. The the first time they sent me out into the woods, it, it they were just like, "Go forage." I'm like, "Yeah, I'm gonna go inside." I, I don't. <laughs> I didn't mind the, the going outside. I hated the little outfit, and I hated like doing different knots and stuff that I wasn't that interested. I wasn't really interested in what uh, what they wanted us to do outside. <laughs> I want to I want to circle back real quick. Uh, you were talking about how your criterion has currently been putting out your back your back catalog. My wife and I have been uh, going back and devouring those all the way up, of course, through polyester. And I'm just curious, and I think our students would also be curious too, is just like, what, what, is, what is working with Criterion like? Do they come to you? Do you come to them? I mean, what's that process? Well, they're great. I mean, they came to me in the beginning, but I mean, they had, they had put out laser discs of some of my films even earlier. Um, Criterion is their class act, believe me, from beginning to end. It's great to work with them. I don't know if you saw the, the latest one they did was uh, Pink Flamingos. Yes. And they really restored it beautifully. And we did great. Uh, extra shots where we went to the locations where the people still live and told them the movie was made there and it was really strange to go back in the house of the filthiest people alive and see who lived there today and and fill them in about the history of the house that they bought (laughs) the criterion has been really wonderful to work with and and they even had distribution through janice films who would have ever thought that janice films would distribute multiple maniacs is beyond what you could ever imagine because I grew up with Janice Films distributing Godard and Truffaut and uh, and that kind of thing. And just to see Janice Films presents multiple maniacs was almost like a parody that I had written. It's <laughs> well, like Divine that- looking at Kaeda Cinema and polyester with a quizzical face. 
I uh, uh, I will say the multiple maniacs transfer is absolutely knockout gorgeous on that criteria. No, it's, it's they do a really, 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 really good job there. Tell us a little bit about uh, Pasolini. You have a you have a fondness for Pasolini. I do. You know, I even did a record last year called Prayer to Pasolini, where I went to the uh, actual murder site where he was murdered, which is in the country outside of Rome. There is this beautiful little hidden park that's done very tastefully and spooky and, and wonderful in a way. And I recorded a prayer to Pasolini I wrote and I spoke in tongues, uh, which makes me feel like I should speak in tongues when I'm a around Pasolini. I just liked him because he said things like, I'm a homosexual, a Catholic, and a communist. <laughs> There's a loaded <laughs> sentence. <laughs> we need those people. <laughs> yeah. So Pasolini to me was, I loved his movies. I loved his politics. He, you know, I, I don't believe he was murdered. I, I think he just had a bad trick. They, they used to call it the gay knocks. And uh, he had, <laughs> And Froggy wasn't even cute. That's so sad. But he liked boys with pimples, though. <laughs> you can look at all the boys that he liked in his movies. They all had pimples. I did an art piece called Pasolini's Pimples, where I freeze-framed the pimples and cut the pimples out and glued them clumsily in a collage as an homage to a rather strange fetish. I want to ask you, too, um, that, you know, the thing about going back in, in, in the whole arc of your career, I, you know, the, the thing that I really zone in on is that I feel at least that you are an absolute indie auteur and you know you 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 show this spirit and when you go back and you watch things like multiple maniacs and pink flamingos and female trouble and all of these things um that you know it's it's this driving force attitude you know you you're you're willing it you know to happen with not a lot of money and the dreamland care, uh, cast of characters and you're not going to leave baltimore and you know, God damn it, this thing is going to happen, you know, and you just, yeah. that comes through in the films. And, and I'm just curious about how, you know, what, what was your process like? I, I know there was no improvisation, you know, you No, were there very... wasn't, except in Diane Linkletter's story, there was the only one, and it's not that good. Um, no, there was endless rehearsals. People had to memorize pages and pages of dialogue because it was shot on single system film, which was a magnetic strike that recorded the sound right on the frame. So you could only cut if the sound overlapped 24 frames on the next shot. So, you know, you couldn't do A and B roles. There was not, it was like almost filming a TV show or something. And, uh, so we just did it. I don't know what Mink said once we just went for it, you know, uh, under, Everybody makes their first movie with no money under bad situations. It's always a struggle, but we were obviously driven and we were just trying to make each other laugh. But I, I was trying to make exploitation films for art theaters, a parody of a genre that didn't exist. And it did work. My films did the very best in the richest, most upscale, intelligent neighborhoods and the worst in neighborhoods that had real grind houses and drive-ins. It didn't ever work there because the audience, they they knew they didn't go to a Russ Meyer movie to, to laugh. They went there to jerk off. <laughs> <laughs> I will say one of my favorite moments in Poly, I think it's in polyester where the interviewer is standing outside of the porn theater and all of the men come out and it's like sir would you like to comment sir would you like to comment like no 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 they're all rushing by in shame 
And I know, and actually that shot is done at the Charles Theater, which uh, is still a really good art theater in Baltimore. And the title was My Burning Bush. I love putting that on the, on the, on the marquee. And uh, it's all my friends running out. Dennis Dermody, the film critic, is running out, zipping up his pants. Yeah, it was all... Yeah. Whenever we put up marquees like that in... Uh, in Cecil B. Demented, there's a shot where we had to get the marquee of a theater on a busy street too. That's at an all anal evening. Well, we had it all set up, and then they just put the letters up there for one second till we get the shot, and took it right down. But it, it was beyond hit and run. Uh, I, I want to ask about then your opinion. Basically, you know, you've you've watched so many iterations of the film industry and, and technology and all of this. You know, we're how do you feel these days about the evolution of indie film and phone cameras? Are you are you impressed by it, or or do you think that it's still an untapped resource? Or no, if I was a kid today, my first film would have definitely been made on a cell phone. Are you kidding? Yeah, <laughs> uh, it's easier, and and it's um, and they are now. The difference is the studios are looking for the next crazy film that some kid makes on a cell phone. They weren't looking at it with me when I just used giant 16 millimeter cameras that were used to shoot the news at the time that I would rent illegally from the news stations. The cameraman would sneak them out and get the money for the rentals and show me how to do it. And uh, and they were, I think back on them, they were really game because they would be out in fields like and shooting multiple maniacs, this kind of teamster type guy, you know what I mean? That was there with a the camera. and. He was supportive. He was great. And and even I remember once, though, in Pink Flamingos, we were deep in the woods and the guy that we rented one of the cameras from visited the set and walked up there and saw Edith sitting there eating eggs in the playpen. And his <laughs> wife said, we're getting out of here. We're leaving. They, they, they acted like they just walked into the Me Lai massacre. You know, they were like really horrified. I, I will say my, my wife wanted me to mention to you because she, she adores your work. Uh, and she adores David Lockery and, and Edith Massey. Uh, what what were they like? Just as people? David Lockery was. Uh, my mother always said, "How did he get a British accent on Harford Road, which is a blue collar neighborhood in Baltimore?" David was a high school dropout and a beauty school dropout that was kind of like a demented gay David Niven. And at the time, he had long bleached hair with the roots purposely mm -hmm. in the shape of a heart, which was really ahead of the time. And uh, and David was great. David was who got divine and dragged the first time. And in the beginning, David and Multiple Maniacs did dress divine before Van Smith came aboard in uh, Pink Flamingos to do all the hair and makeup and costumes. So David was uh, our downtown, you know, we were bad kids from suburbia. And then we met david and we met them because divine moved up the street and divine uh, knew david and then we all hung around downtown they were going to go to the gay bars and we wanted to go to the beatnik bars and then we just kind of all mixed and hung out and uh and pot really was the main thing pot and lsd really brought us together mink stole and i took lsd together for the first time in 50 years we did it uh when we were 70 years old for my last book uh mr know-it-all and it That's was right great you experience. did to go cross country yeah i hadn't i hadn't done it for 50 years it was a great experience so my mother always used to say don't tell young people to take drugs well i'm just telling not i'm just telling old people to take them <laughs> <laughs> if you had a good experience with yeah. it 
50 years ago and had no problems with it and never became a drug addict and never then do it again once it's they can't say you're dementia you're tripping <laughs> oh are, are there are, are there any filmmakers these days that 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 excites you or that that you, you oh, make a yes. point i do my 10 best list every year in art from bruno Dumont, gaspar noe um mm. todd salons uh let me think. Uh, there's so many. I mean, usually feel bad foreign movies. <laughs> <laughs> I love the movie Annette. That was my favorite movie last wow, year. Wow, yeah. Yeah. So I love, um, I like feel bad art movies. Yeah. And so um, I'm not going to tell you my 10, this because my 10 best list. Is it hasn't come out yet. Yeah. Week, so I've been binge watching to see as much as I could. Um, but I, I think um, I still do like films. I think Francois Ozone is really a good director. Uh, there's lots of, of ones I like. Yes, very much so. Usually they're European, though, a lot. We're almost out of time. Dr. Watson, do you want to get one more question in? Well, I don't. I, we're, I mean, I'm going to get to talk to you when you're here, you know, face to face, which is going to yeah, be yeah. It's really going to be a lot of fun. And we're we're introducing you know, a lot of our students are, are, are newbies to, to your work. Um, and so we're, you know, we're screening Serial Mom. How long, do you watch your stuff? How long has it been? No, since? I never watch it, but I do. Serial Mom is my best movie. I think it is my best movie. I love it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I think, uh, it's, tr it's weird. When we, when Pink Flamingos came out this year, we had a lot of theatrical dates and I went to a couple of them and it was weird. The audiences had never seen it. It wasn't like I'm used to where they see Mink's name, they applaud. You know, these were 20 year old kids and it worked right in the beginning. They're laughing and then they get silent. Then they're shocked and then they're stupefied, basically. But it still works. I am still the filthiest person alive. I won after 50 years. And uh, so I'm happy to see the new young ones come in. When I did the book tour for Liar Mouth, it was the youngest audience I ever had. Um, so it's great to, you know, to get the new audience to infect them with my kind of humor, which is hopefully what I'm doing. So you're right, Serial Mom to me, it, you know, predicts the the obsession with true crime on television. It parodied true crime, which nowadays is way more topical than it was then. It kind of came before OJ, and there's a lot of scenes in it that are kind of like OJ, even when the cop car is following her and everything. So. Um, and Kathleen's absolutely wonderful in it. Um, and I still believe you should die for wearing white after Labor Day. It's the only thing, <laughs> the only thing I'm right wing on. <laughs> do you do you still uh, uh, do you still try to uh, uh, attend uh, big uh, uh, courtroom cases? No, I, I, know that I can't. I can't anymore because I'm recognized, you know, and people like that. It's just it looks like I'm upstate. Yeah. The defendant, the defense doesn't want me there. People think, are you making a movie? But no, it doesn't work anymore to do it. I follow them. But no, I have not been to a famous trial in a really, really long time. And I really can't anymore. But I've changed a lot on that some. And I, I think I even apologize for some of that writing because I later taught in prison and I dealt with victims' rights. I dealt with, I've helped people get out of jail. I still visit people in prison. So, um, and I'm still trying to get some out. So, uh, I, I guess I'm a little less flippant about it. Um, but yes, I certainly um, I'm amazed. I, I cannot believe yesterday the asshole that said Sandy Hook never happened. Then now that he got a billion dollar fine, he said, ha, ah, good luck collecting it. Ha ha. No. 
Can't they put him in jail? <laughs> yeah, that's that is another billion dollar question. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, you know, in itself, uh, we're, we're out of time. John Waters, thank you so much. This has been an absolute pleasure. Thank you. And I look forward to seeing you there. Holy moly. Joey, that was that was pardon my friends. That was fucking John Waters. Just amazing. We just had a conversation with uh, with the man, the myth, the legend, uh, John Waters. He's so um, he's just so well read. He's so smart. He's so engaging. He's so funny. Uh, you know, he's just, he's the kind of guy that you, that you meet at a party and you want to, he's the guy. Oh my you God. He's like the ultimate in the corner with at the party. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I just want to hang out with you all night. And just, right. like, just, just let me hang out with you. I don't even have to talk. Just, I, just, I, like, I want to just hear him like interact with other people and like, you know, field questions. I mean, honestly, I mean, again, 20 minutes is an absolute gift but man, I could have spent the whole afternoon. I had coffee ready. I, I felt like I wanted to like sit down, you know, pour some coffee and just be like, you know, let's let's get into, you know, I, I mean, we didn't even get into his absolute brilliant writing as an essayist, as a as an author, yes, as a uh, actually too as as a cinema, uh, 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 you know, critique. I, I I mean, he's just. You know, and it sounds a little bit too, Jeff, like a little bit of small little twinges of social justice, right? Um, you okay. know, I mean, he's he's got uh, you know a, a public consciousness. He's aware of of uh, you know of, of social injustices, and he hinted at that. Hopefully, I can maybe follow up a little bit with him uh, on some of that stuff face to face. But well, I think this the best stuff, Jeff, is just his. You know, when he. He is one of those individuals who I consider to be a true independent filmmaker. I mean, and that's why I wasn't. I know that he shies away from that, but I had to get that in with him and just tell him, at least from my heart and from you know from my viewing of his work, it's just like he is a true indie auteur. He, he you know, yeah, and and that that kind of spirit and and innovation is really what we're trying to inspire in our students, right? Is you know to just to go out and do it, and so him celebrating, you know, the mobile cinema kind of stuff, you know, I, I love that because that's, that's what, you know, that's what we're preaching to our mm -hmm. students, you know, just go make it, you know, right. Just, pick it up you know, and go. You can do it up and go. Uh, uh, Have you got uh, you 20 know. bucks in your PayPal account? You, you can go make a movie now. <laughs> yeah. Just grab a group of friends uh, and, and, uh, and, and make it work. Yeah, no, I, I just, I love his spirit. Um, and I certainly love his artistic, uh, uh, you know, vision and stuff like that. So I, I just, it's just, it's just a wonderful, wonderful thing. So we're, we're blessed. We're blessed. This has absolutely made my day. This has made my week. This has made my month. Like I feel energized. <laughs> like, I'm just like, you can't help it when you talk to this man. That's right. That's like right. he just sends a bolt through you. It's contagious. Uh, uh, contagious. Uh, as we mentioned in the, uh, uh, the top of the show, this of course is just a taste if you are anywhere near the Huntsville, Alabama area on Friday, October the 21st, guess what? You get to spend a whole night with John Waters for free. Thanks to the University of Alabama Huntsville uh, and Low Mill, uh, we will be viewing Serial Mom in the afternoon. There will be a Q&A with John Waters. Then John Waters is going to get up and do his, his what I believe is his stand-up act uh, around 7 p.m. And then to cap the whole night off, we're going to watch Polyester and have Odorama cards. I mean, it's full and it's free, ladies and gentlemen. All you got to do is get your butt to Huntsville on Friday, October the 21st. And uh, it starts all starts at 3 p.m. at the University of Alabama Charger Union Theater on campus with the screening of the film Serial Mom. 
Anything you want to add to that, sir? No, just get butts and seats, man. Just, let's get I, let's get butts and seats, and also let's, let's welcome here. him to Alabama. Yes. Yes. Let's, Had he let's, ever been here before? Did he I do not see. I forgot to. Ask, I need you to ask him that when you when I'll, you go I'll up because I believe trip to Alabama. Yeah. I yeah. think this is his first trip to Alabama, and, is, and you know, again, as proud Alabamians, I I love opening my state to someone and just being like, please come. Don't feel afraid, you know. Please, just uh, come and make a movie about these people. Yes. Uh, yeah. Just come on. Yeah. <laughs> break out. I, you know, I just would tell him, can you break out Lobstrasso? You know, again, and and you know, bring that to Alabama for me, and I will personally operate that puppet because it's just I'm obsessed with it. Love it, love it. Absolutely. Well, folks, uh, uh, until next time, I'm Dr. Jeffrey Hayes. I'm Dr. Joseph Watson. We will see you then. <laughs>